What's up designers and decorators, this is Timothy. Welcome to the Interior Design Consultant Podcast. When I was younger, I was always told to do something in life that you're passionate about. And it's completely true. The reason is because it's so, so fucking hard that if you don't do something that is passion driven, any rational person would literally just give up. They would say, this is too hard, or I'm not the right person for this. And I've done that many, many times. I've opened many companies in the the past 10 years that have completely failed without even getting off the ground. And the reason why, the single reason why is because I don't have the passion for it. And one of those companies was a candle company. (laughs) I literally bought a bunch of stuff from Candle Science. I love candles. I really do. They're everywhere. And I thought, you know what? Because candle making seemed, seemed easy. And there's that E part. Anything that seems easy It's probably too good to be true, but it seemed easy to me, completely being oblivious to the whole science of candle making and the time that's involved in it and the waiting and so on and so forth and the essential oils that go into it. I gave up very, very quickly because I didn't have the passion for it. What I'm going to do is tell you a story about my first client when I moved to California. And this is a perfect example of having that passion and it even affecting the clients you get. When I first started in California, because I started in my whole career in Florida, and then I moved to California and continued here. When I moved here to California, I was so timid by this industry and in California. And I was so timid by the, the clientele because I was always under the assumption that, oh, clients in California, they're entitled. They are, you know, um, maybe maybe California is just too big for me as a designer. And so I kind of lost passion for design a little bit in the very beginning moving here. And when I had my first client meeting, it was with a husband and wife. And I was super, super excited. But the difference about being excited and about having passion is night and day. You could be excited about something. The excited part that I that I was, it wasn't because of the passion I had for design. It was because it was my first client in California and it was like a week after we moved here. And so quickly. And I've been fortunate enough to not have to actually really market myself as a designer, pretty much 90% of the clients I get just come. And that is in part by, you know, a lot of factors. And we can get into that in another episode. But I, I literally just did not, I was at a point in my career where I wasn't sure about moving forward. And that was even years and years ago. But the passion I had when I first moved here just wasn't there. It wasn't the same passion as I had back in Florida. And that quickly shown in the client meeting. And so they signed anyway. I actually sat down with them and and went through the whole contract. And I've actually since then have never sat down with a client and went through the contract. And I always send a contract in, uh, actually I use DocuSign for it because it gives them an opportunity, the clients an opportunity to actually read through it and not have to be so pushed into signing it while you're there talking with them. But this particular client, I actually sat down with them. We went through the whole contract. They signed it. I got a check and, you know, we, we submitted our conceptual design and all of a sudden the whole thing just went south. I actually, it was such a traumatic experience for me that I, I blacked out this whole, the whole reason why. I don't remember the whole reason why uh, it went south. And we got to a whole point of almost getting ready for demolition. It was a kitchen renovation. We were so close to demolition. If I remember correctly, it kind of went south because of budgeting because California is a very, very different industry here 
with interior design than Florida, I was still, I didn't exactly know the industry here as, as well as I should have. And what that wound up doing was really digging a, a grave for me because I didn't know a lot about the pricing here in California with everything being so much more expensive and not even... Uh, we're not even talking about material. That's a little bit of, it's a little more expensive here than Florida, but even contractors are much more expensive here in California. And rightfully so. I mean, we need to live, right? We need to be able to pay our rent. We need to pay our bills. And, you know, California is a designer state is what I call it because, you know, you're basically paying for the name here. I completely dropped the ball on budgeting. And then we also were butting heads with some of the furniture selections. And for whatever reason on this particular situation, I wound up actually doing furniture selections before demolition even began. And I, I, I in a sense, I wanted to kind of get ahead of the game, but I, I, I really just didn't, at that time in my career, I didn't have any kind of set process for, for designing, and I didn't have any set standard f for how things are going to be done. So it was very, very disorganized, and um, it was very just not professional at all. And thinking about it like now, <laughs> I totally deserved everything that came to me with that project because it was so amateur is is the best word I can think about it. In any case, we wound up having a huge argument. Uh, not not really an argument, not like a fighting back and forth argument, but I got an email thread going from the husband and he's the one who actually terminated the contract. And at that time, I didn't really have any kind of termination fees or, you know, I didn't even have an out clause in my contract. And when I'm to, to straighten this out, when I was in Florida, a lot of my contracts were different because it's such a different audience in a sense or target market in, in Florida. It's like they're much more laid back. They're much more um, forgiving and much more willing to work with you to get, you know, their satisfaction. And in here in California, it's very much opposite. It's, oh, I want the contract changed. And maybe it's just maybe it's just me. But I've, I've talked to a lot of designers who I do uh, consulting for and it's the same thing at least for the, the designers that contact me and uh, they get clients that just are so entitled and I think it's, I don't know if it's the state. I think it's just, you know, the, the people that live here is very different. But in any case, I wound up getting an email from him, the husband just trying to cancel the contract and trying to figure out what really went wrong. They just weren't satisfied and it, they didn't really give much input about it. I know that one big issue was they wanted to convert their dining room to an art room for their children. And I was totally against that because they had such a beautiful house and they were the kind of people who ate in the living room. And so when those kind of people eat in the living room and they want to get rid of the dining room, to me at that point in my career, I was just like, why would you do that? Why would you get rid of a beautiful room next to your kitchen and just make it an art room? That just made no sense to me. And so one of the things I, I remember very specifically that caused the budget to go over was I was getting a custom table, like a custom art table that was like $1,200. And I remember her making a comment saying that they didn't need a custom table, but they, but it was like a catch-22 because they wanted a very specific size and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't anything you could buy in a store. So it had to be custom. And I guess they just didn't realize the extent custom is in regards to pricing. So remember I brushed it off and I, I said, well, let's let's take care of this. Let's figure out another table. So I wound up giving them a whole new revision with a table that was store-bought 
and they still had issues with it because it wasn't the size that they wanted. So we wound up canceling the agreement. They still owed money for work that was already done, so I tried to collect on that. And then just, like, fangs came out. I remember getting a bunch of, like messages from him threatening me uh saying he would find out where i live and abc xyz and it got it literally got to a point of the threats getting so bad to where i had to call the police and figure out what i can do because it it was getting to a point of even him contact like literally creating a linkedin account just to contact me because i wound up (laughs) i wound up putting his emails on an archive i was passive aggressive about it and i I wound up saying I, i wound up putting it on an archive and then anytime he would message me i would auto reply to his messages specifically saying i forget what i was saying but it it was something like you know your messages are archived i'm not receiving them and so he literally went out of his way to try to get my attention and that was creating a linkedin account and requesting that i connect with him with you know like a note in the connection request Um, and his note was like just him ranting even more and then i started getting and this is crazy but totally true. I started getting emails from pornography websites with him signing my work email up with porn sites. And he would put the name on the account as like douchebag with my last name. And I knew it was him because it was the only at that at that time, I was only getting like maybe one project. And then a month or two later, I'd get another project. And I would strategically schedule these projects to where they weren't together like at the same time for me it's like you can't be any more obvious than that it was like having to unsubscribe figure all this stuff out i actually wound up changing my email address to from like timothy at the domain to tim at the domain for a period of time and i did that because then they see if the emails aren't going through then they're not going through and i wasn't getting them but it was really important because i was getting i was getting upwards of maybe 20 freaking new subscriptions on just various things not even just pornography it was it was like a subscription on hip replacements and all the just like literally anything you could think of it was it was he was subscribing me to so he was spamming my email in essence and you know what i i learned at that point going back to the the passion part of things is that had i shown more passion in in what i was doing I think it would have been different. I I think at that point in my career, I was so focused on just getting up and running in California that I was so blind to understand that the biggest thing about clients that I've learned throughout the years is you really have to show that you love what you're doing. And when you do show that you love what you're doing, it's no longer just a business. It's you helping people achieve something that they can't achieve themselves. And it's you helping at that point. It's not it's not just you doing this because you need to get money. And that's the single most distinguishing factor of even designers and decorators, where designers focus so much more on the psychology of design and why things should be the way they are versus decorators who are doing things on a very aesthetic level. And that's what's always, and it was actually that very single project is where I made that distinguishing factor of, you know, my firm on how we're different from other people and other, other companies, really. And it came down to you know, we love what we do and we do it because we want to enhance the way our clients live, their daily lives. And that 
my friends, is what passion is about. Passion is about doing something that means more than just on face value. It means more than just doing something because you have to do it to live. It means risking a lot that you have to better other people's lives. There's there's so many things that I've risked. There's so many, I mean, there was a time where I was living in my studio for two months because I was super, super slow. I didn't have money saved up. And that, that's normal in this industry, right? I mean, you're, you're a designer. There are going to be times where you're broke. There are going to be times where you're shit fucking borderline homeless. And you just push forward and you realize that you're doing this because it's your passion. Don't give up because the second you give up, you just you put yourself further in a hole. And there's this analogy that someone did where it was two tracks and one was a straight track and one was a track that had ups and downs. It was hilly. There was a metal ball that someone put on the end of it. The one that was hilly went a lot further, faster than the one that was straight, indicating that the more challenges you have in your business or your life in general, that the more ups and downs you have, you're going to go a lot further. And the reason why is because you're you're learning. You are, you know, you're taking that risk. You're going and, you know, you have these ups and downs and you just keep pushing. You, you just keep going and use those downs as momentum to get back up. And that, I think, is the biggest thing in regards to having passion for something. You're willing to go through those ups and downs and it just pushes you further and harder to get to to be successful. This episode is sponsored by Social Mego. Get your time back, plan and schedule your social media all in one place. Sign up today for a free trial at socialmako.com. That's S-O-C-I-A-L-M-A-K-O.com. The link will be in the description. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please hit that subscribe button and also please leave me a review. Whether it's negative or positive, I learned from everything and I really, enjoy talking to you guys. If you have any questions, of course, my email is timothy at theidconsultant.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care.